0: following is a production of Alt-Con Radio. He won Journalist of the Year from the American Conservative Union at CPAC 2015. You
1: like me right now. You like
0: me. He's Jim Garrity. How do you like me now, now that I'm on my way? She's a broadcast professional who's got pop culture by the throat... And she won't let go. Crank up the radio. Right for your lives, everyone. This is not a drill. She's broadcast pro Mickey White. Now. This is the Jim and Mickey Show. Welcome to the Jim and Mickey Show. I am Jim Garrity, joined by Mickey White, a special live edition coming to you at six PM Eastern. Thanks to the good folks at AltCon Radio. Yes, Mickey, thanks how are you so much.
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great, minus the fact that, you know, I'm already a little nervous due to the fact that the Steelers-Ravens game is later this evening. So this, this I will say, is um, taking my mind off that a little bit. So it, it's good in that sense. And I always love doing things live because it just makes it so much more fun and challenging. Um, and tonight we can actually take callers. Uh, so if you're listening right now and you'd like to get on the air with Jim and I, Uh, to ask us a question or to comment on what we're going to be talking about tonight, you can reach us at 804-591-0098. That number again is 804-591-0098. And someone can put that up in the chat room there as well. Um, so, if you have a call for us, please do give us a call in. We are working with some new technology tonight though, so I uh, want to let you know that when you do call in, we ask um, you will be coming into a hotline. We ask that you just wait for us to uh, stop and introduce yourself before you start talking and uh, look forward to hearing from some of you tonight so you know, I was gonna
0: go say, all of our listeners should know we uh, Mickey is really really just can't wait to hear from you and I I guess I'm okay with it. Um, you know, just have a point. Get to your point quickly. You know, be be pithy. To quote the least pithy talk show host on television. Oh, he did uh,
1: not just quote Bill O'Reilly. <laughs>
0: um, no, we're gonna have a, You know, a, he
1: will always be the guy from like Current Affairs to me.
0: You're right. Of course, and that's he's he is in honor of the ones we keep yelling. We'll do it live. I know. Um, <laughs> now I will point out. Part of our inside gossip of the program, Uh, I, you know, despite my illustrious career as a a pundit, have never appeared on the Bill O'Reilly program, and I was scheduled to be on once years and years and years ago, like 2004, the Mesozoic era, Um, and I was asked Bill O'Reilly whether he wanted to replace Dan Rather. How can you
1: remember that bar?
0: Well, here's the thing. Apparently, he didn't like the question. That's when all of a sudden, like, I would get a call from an O'Reilly producer for the TV show, and they get called an hour later and say they weren't doing the segment.
1: Aww. So I think
0: I got I think I got blacklisted. I think you know, uh, you know one of his next uh, upcoming bestsellers is "Killing Jim's TV Appearances." <laughs> it Goes well with the "Killing JFK," "Killing uh, Jesus," "Killing CNN" on the Do ratings. Do think that he'll be series. doing
1: "Killing Manhood"?
0: Ah, there you go. Because you know, I have come to the conclusion, uh, Mickey. The New York Times Modern Man, which by the way, like you can just see the book right now, right? You can just kind of picture the, the evolution of man and then the de-evolution of man into the New York Times Modern Man to quote the essay that's been rocketing around social media today. New York Times Modern Man has a man bun, doesn't he, Mickey?
1: I would assume so because he probably also
0: purchases makeup. <laughs> All right. So, um, so, could you like to, so one of your, your obsessions of the week has been the man bun. Well, the the, the deal
1: is that I don't need to explain to the listeners why I hate the man bun. I'm fairly certain that 95 percent of them who know what a man bun is, hates it. Um, The only people who should wear man buns are black people with braids Mm. and like professional football players. Um, Maybe you suggested a samurai earlier in the week.
0: Yes. If you're appearing in a Kurosawa film, it's perfectly fine.
1: Other than that, no man buns. I'm I'm not a big fan of long-haired dudes anyway, as a rule. (laughs) But when they actually pull it up into a quote updo, then I have to have
0: issues. Is is an updo the hair equivalent of the (laughs) upvote? Up rocks. (laughs) Up with people. Is there really? You can pay
1: good money for that updo in a certain salon. Okay. So, when when a man's hairstyle goes from a haircut to a updo, then yes, there's a problem. (laughs) But but that is just one of the many things, if if I am correct, that the modern man must have.
0: Yeah. So to go through this New York Times list, um, now it's worth noting. New York Times, like there were like six of them. There were twenty seven hints, ways to be a modern man. This. Uh, Previously, not well known writer had said, Um, some of them, you know, like, you know, the modern man buys uh, fresh flowers more to surprise his wife than to say he's sorry. Okay, I'll agree with that. I do that a lot. It's kind of a nice way of
1: um, ensuring domestic tranquility. Yeah. It makes us totally suspicious, just FYI.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, because
1: if you pop up with flowers and it's not like a holiday, you're like, what'd you do?
0: um what then there were some of them that were just very that's the modern woman there you go some very urban yuppie-ish looks the modern man has all of michael mann's films on blu-ray or whatever the highest quality thing is at the time um but Mm. heat sure miami vice eh. manhunter uh public enemies not everything michael mann does is going to require that, and I'm sure every like every there are pl- probably a good number of men who can find the director of their choice and say, "No, no, you have to have all of his films on," you know, Blu-ray, Laser. Conversations
1: Dead. that chicks never have for a thousand hours.
0: Okay, really interesting. Like, all right, so- I can't.
1: I, honestly, God, I cannot. I cannot remember sitting down and talking with any of my female friends ever about like who my favorite directors are.
0: Mm. Okay. Um actually you'd be a good measuring stick for this Mickey. Mm-hmm. Does Mr. Biased have a melon baller? Uh, I own a melon baller. <laughs> okay. He does not own a melon baller. If you went to um Williams and Sonoma, mm-hmm. it's boy, you know, that looks a really nice looking melon baller. <laughs> I mean, Mr. Bias would probably say, I could do something amazing in home repair with that thing. I could like yes. dig out some. Yeah, sort of, He would know.
1: come up with, I'm sure, tons of little uses for, the, for what it could be, but I don't know that melon balling would be the first thing that would pop
0: into his head. Modern, New York Times modern man seemed to have a very strange focus on home defense. Because he seemed to feel like he was doing some sort of like really great sacrifice, something very masculine uh, that got the testosterone flowing by sleeping on the side of the bed closest to the door so that he could, you know, somehow, you know, deal with an intruder. But the final recommendation and the thing that, you know, I think a lot of people thought the, the whole piece was kind of built up upon was that um, he has no use for a gun. He doesn't own one and never will. Oh, and that's the one that got the up yours response. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Mm.
1: Um. Yeah. No. Like. I. I, You know. I'm. I'm very pro to a. A big supporter of the NRA. I believe that if you don't want to have a gun, that's fine. Don't have a gun. I would like to have one in order to protect myself. I think that it is a right that we should take seriously because those laws are in place for a reason. But again, I'm one of those people. You know me. Leave me alone. I would prefer that. It be a situation where, you know, if if you don't like guns, don't don't buy one.
0: Mm. Like so many of these are like pretty decent conversation starters. Um, the modern man cries; he cries often. There are a bunch of people who are going to dispute about that. Nah,
1: y'all are a bunch of crybabies. Well, I mean, look, I, you know, I think that you're like the first generation of men that have cried, but now you've produced sons that are kind of crybabies. Yeah.
0: Funerals, baby pictures. Uh, you hit yourself with a hammer. You know there are, That's there are
1: acceptable reasons to cry.
0: Reasons to cry. It uh, is not
1: acceptable to cry during a Nicholas Sparks film. However, I have
0: seen <laughs> men do it. Oh, okay. But say Nicholas Sparks is that by any chance a director, Mickey? It's a book. Okay, so he's an author. He's an is, author. He's yes. Syrupy, <laughs> predictable. <laughs> Ryan Gosling with his you know dreamy blue eyes. Okay, gazes first at of all,
1: you know way too much about this movie. <laughs> You might know more than I do.
0: Quick Google search. There you go. Um, <laughs> the next, so, all right, so number 27 here, actually. So um, I, I've had limited interaction with Mr. Bias. He seems like a man's man. Yes. I have no idea of his caliber at dancing. Mm. Mm. You, you may not want to assess that. I, uh, oh,
1: well, I could assess it. Um, anyone who's ever seen it, it's the typical white boy dance. I mean, <laughs> he's got it kind of down. Um, but you know, like the good thing about him though, is that over the years I have taught him to jitterbug and some other, you know, more stylized dancing. And so he's very good at twirling me around on the dance floor.
0: See, there you go. Here's the thing. I would say that, that the, uh, in terms of dancing, I don't know necessarily being a good dancer is a necessary manly art. I would say it is important to eventually overcome your shyness about dancing. Yes. And that's the you know if you if yeah your wife that, like if I'm running to the dance
1: floor, Todd's yeah. not or you know Mr. Vice is not right behind me there you go it, it that is not his role, his role is much more to you know kind of just um sit there, watch, giggle, order more drinks that that tends to be his role when we go out quote dancing, but like when forced to like at weddings, things of that nature. He will get up and, and especially during a slow dance, as I said, he will get up and do his duty as a date and a man and stand there and, you know, spin me around, etc.
0: I was going to say, if you can't you really handle the sixth or seventh grade, hands around the waist, rock back and forth, shift weight from one foot to another. Like that's very basic and... I think the other lesson of life and having, you know, are you letting Rasta. us
1: in on your dancing skills right now?
0: Well, here's the thing. I would not say I'm a good dancer. I mm-hmm. would say, however, that by the time, to- the last time I went out and really danced with Mrs. Campaign Spot um, was at a party in Washington with like some extremely young people. I was, like, it was a BuzzFeed party, right? BuzzFeed mm-hmm. you know, got you invited. The, all the young hipsters are there and they're petrified of dancing. And you know what? I'm almost forty. I am not. You know, I, I'm above this anymore. I'm not. I, I'm not. I don't care what these people think. So hey, why don't we dance? We had a good time.
1: Well, and, you know, and and that's interesting that you would bring up the younger generation, so to speak, because what we're going to talk about in the next segment is um, is is this odd, growing, angry kind of weirdness amongst <laughs> the youngsters when really, like, they've kind of had their life handed to them on a silver platter. So I'm Mickey White. He's Jim Garrity. You're listening to us live, the Jim and Mickey Show on AltCon Radio. We'll be right back. Are you looking for the perfect outfit for your Saturday afternoon tailgate parties? Hey, y'all, it's Laura Lee from Down and Dirty Sports, here to let you know that Game Day Bells Boutique is here to help you look your best on Saturdays in the South. So go check them out at Game boutique.com You can also follow them on Instagram at Game Day Bells Boutique and on Twitter at Game Day Boutique. Game Day Bells Boutique, proud sponsor of Down and Dirty Sports right here on
0: AltCon Radio. Carolina girl, Carolina girl, best in the world.
1: Welcome back. I'm Mickey White along with my co-host Jim Garrity and we are doing a very special episode of Tea Jams. It is live. Um, if you would like to reach out to us and call us or talk to us, the chat room is open and you can also reach us at 804-591-0098. And uh, it is a rare opportunity for you guys to actually call in and interact with us since we normally do this by podcast. So please take advantage of it if you have the opportunity. Um, Jim and I were just getting into a discussion that's been kind of – it, it's hard because it's different for our show in the sense that, you know, we, we don't normally like to talk about very serious things. And so it's, it's a topic that I honestly think, you know, how serious is it? I don't know, but I think that it's time that we at least start pointing fingers and laughing.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, so we're doing this on Thursday evening. There's been terrible breaking news about an awful shooting out in Oregon, and there's been at least some discussion about whether the perpetrator was involved on this 4chan talk, uh, discussion board that um, apparently is is full of messages of I hate the world and I'm angry at the world and all kinds of um, – Deeply antisocial uh, marination in self-pity. Um, I've been told that there's no guarantee this actually was the person who did this, but you just just spending like five minutes on that chat board. Uh, I just walked away just like marveling and and appalled and kind of... There's some astonishingly lonely, angry young men, um, self-described betas uh, who, who just... Have just this, like seemingly endless rage at the world, but an unreli- unwillingness to do anything about their lives to change something. And, well, and I kinda, does
1: this? And does this? As you know, obviously there were a lot of speculation and whatever today, but just it goes right into the thing. And, and you know, it, it, are we reaping the benefits of the participation trophy, children?
0: You know, I, I okay. Here's the thing. I, I guess if you don't have any pride in who you are, maybe maybe what it is is you go through life collecting those participation trophies, and then at some point in young adulthood, you enter the real life, and and it gets harder. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I, oh, I'm not as good as I thought I was, and you just kind of curdles into this anger. You felt, but you I were... think
1: it's weird because like, one, I think that we all know these kids. Like, I think we all know at least one of them. Probably, you know, maybe not your own child, but like a friend of, you know, friend's son or, or daughter or whatever. That just seems very disassociated with the world, and and for whatever reason, it's it it's been accepted behavior by their parents because doesn't this ultimately fall back on the parents? Because where does the personal responsibility stop? I mean, if, if you're talking no, about some
0: twenty-two, it's not on the parents.
1: You think it's not on the parents? You think the parents could have done a fine
0: job? I I got this rant stored up. Okay. Okay. Oh, you go. If your life sucks, and you know, if you're listening to this podcast, your life is getting a little bit better. Uh, But if your life really sucks and you are depressed at this moment and you're listening to this podcast out of desperation, it's in your hands. You can't sit back and wait for somebody else to make your life better. And there's no point in blaming mommy and daddy. There's no point in blaming your teachers. There's no point in blaming your neighbors because none of them are gonna be able to change your life for you. It is up to you. If you don't like your job, you've got to go out and look for a better job. If you don't have a job, you gotta go out and look for a job. If you're living with your parents and you don't like that circumstance, you have to go out and figure out a way to live on your own. And you oh, it's hard. Well, yeah, but you know what? The reward <laughs> is worth it.
1: Life um, is hard. Breaking news.
0: Yeah. Like, I, I kind of am marveling at the people who, if you find this too hard, millions of people manage to do this.
1: Well, I, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but you know how I feel about James Harrison. James Harrison is a linebacker for my Pittsburgh Steelers, mm-hmm. and um, he has actually made a really uh, a very impactful statements and actually pictures on Instagram, et cetera, because he has, when his sons get participation trophies, they throw them away.
0: Mm. No, it was a, a, because they
1: don't mean anything, and he wants to teach them that, and and he literally, it's like um, con- counter programming all the time.
0: Yeah, again, I, I understand where that instinct comes from. Uh, my boys have been, in, you know, various little programs, whether it's uh, uh, karate or, or basic soccer camps, where they did get the participation trophy. And at age five, or even less, I think probably actually been maybe age four, it's the coolest thing in the world. They got a trophy. They feel great about themselves. My my older son spent a day polishing it because he was so proud of it. Mm-hmm. He's now starting to recognize that for some of these people, you know, you take the karate belt test, and if you don't pass the test, you don't get the belt. Right. <laughs> you know, Eventually, you begin to realize that, yeah, you know, that, that I, I've, one of the most painful cliched slogans is failure is not an option. Mm-hmm. No, failure is always an option. It's a and bad option. And not
1: only that, it can be a really good option. Mm. Uh, a lot of times, I mean, in any good, you know, biopic, of course, or story that you hear about any of the titans of industry or, you know, titans of business or anything, they've always had epic failures. In mm. their lives, it's not about the things that happen to you. It's how you recover from them, and I agree a hundred percent of it. You know, at this point, I don't believe that our listeners probably fall into this category. But you know, as you were saying earlier, it it's on you. At some point, you got to grow up, and it's on you. And um, of course, this is a perfect opportunity to plug your book. Um, as you, you know, yeah, it's a perfect opportunity to, to plug Jim's book, Heavy Lifting. Um, with his friend, Cam Edwards, and a great friend of our show and us as well. Um, And it's going to be available um, in just a few weeks. But right now you can pre-order it on Amazon. So always a good time to plug that in. Because one of the things I love about the book, and I've had the opportunity to read some of the rough drafts of it, is that you really do address the fact that growing up isn't a bad thing. So why is everyone so stuck in the idea of, Adolescence is the best. Like mm. for real, adolescence is kind of the worst.
0: I was going to say if you, if you speak to a uh, person who really looks back on their teenage years as the best years of their life, well, like they peaked really, in high school, person. <laughs> yeah, they peaked early. Um, there's a there's a fantastic video, uh, Mickey. I'm sure you're familiar with the message to gay teens that it gets better. Yes. Uh, somebody did a brilliant parody of them called "It Doesn't Get Better," uh-huh. basically aimed at everyone who peaked in high school. <laughs> um, all the jocks, the bullies, the, the mean girls—all that kind of stuff—and basically, them talking about.
1: I'll see if I know, can find that and throw that up on our Facebook page. I,
0: I ran into the guy who uh, who I used to put into the locker, and he fired me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it and the recognition matter. that you know, if 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 the real world is not revenge of the nerds, then the real world is this bigger, broader canvas in which all of the old clickishness that used to drive high school. Doesn't matter anymore. You can go out and do, be whatever the heck you want to be, make your life whatever you want to like, you know, whatever you want it to be. And if you stumble along the way, th- this is one point. Megan Mcardle has a book out about failure, mm-hmm. and she makes the argument that we're actually getting harsher about failure in in American life society than we used to be. And I think may, that under, meaning
1: that we're more rough on those who
0: have failed, and judgmental. We define people by their failures. We're less likely to give them second chances. Um, Tell that
1: to Paula Deen. Um, Okay,
0: fair point. She's Um, back
1: on Dancing with the Stars. I think it has a lot more to do with who you've pissed off mm. than whether or not we'll forgive you.
0: Yeah. Um, And
1: I also, you know, I mean, like, I think a lot of it has to do with how much they liked you to begin with because we've talked about this before. One of the main things that, you know, all media does is build build people up so they can then tear them down. And if they really did like you as a person – then maybe they're willing to, you know, work with you on some type of, you know, cry on Oprah's couch moment or whatever. <laughs> but if they really didn't like you to start with, like that's it. You are that's all you are. That's all you've ever done. You have been owned by that.
0: And, and maybe what you're right to the point that we don't see the failures along the way for the people who are, you know, the the, the overnight successes that took ten years of to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, we we talk a bit about this in the book, and two of my favorite examples are. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld was on three episodes of Benson, the old Robert Guillaume show. Oh, wow. And he, he was terrible. <laughs> they, they wrote him out of the show after three episodes. <laughs> and I'm well, sure somebody
1: told but Jerry Seinfeld,
0: you're never going to succeed in television. You know, I'm sure someone said that. Um, well, yeah, Charles but, like, could he have
1: played anyone other than Seinfeld?
0: That's a good point. He needed a role that fit him, which was to effectively play himself. But nonetheless, it could be a very successful uh, persona okay. and formula. Uh, Charles M. Schultz got fired. It was was turned down for a job at Disney. You can't oh, draw wow. Charles M. Schultz. <laughs> no one's going to ever want to look at your cartoons. Oh, and I bet that one like hits you personally
1: hard. Like,
0: no, I, I just it, it's a good illustrative lesson. No pun intended. Um, that you can be really good at something, and just because someone doesn't recognize your potential in that moment doesn't mean that. Often it means you got to adjust it. You know, the go back to the drawing board. No pun intended, and. Um, address. I don't know, you know, Thomas Edison got rejected. Uh, patent clerk. Uh, Albert Einstein. I mean, but everybody's are we getting so-
1: those messages often? And and honestly, I'll be hundred percent honest with you guys and my and the listeners. I've been trying to within my social media, specifically Twitter, um, especially in the evenings. It seems like people's anxiety is really high right now. Um, it's certainly something that I can relate to. So I have started sending out kind of like just positive thoughts. Some of them might be a little cheesy, inspirational messages, but at the same time, like there's so much anger out there right now Mm. that even just a little touch of positivity, I think, makes a big difference.
0: Yeah, and uh, appropriate, uh, you should return to the topic of online anger, because we're going to turn our attention to an app that I would argue is designed to bring about the collapse of society. (laughs) In our next segment... Uh, which we'll be getting in just a just a few moments. We're talking about people, and be ready to uh, share and your not the magazine, with us. not the people. No, people with two e's because spelling is now optional now, America. Uh. <laughs> On that jury note, we'll be right back after this. You, you made, made me feel very unwifely, McNaughton. Go barbecue. I still say don't serve
1: your awful coffee with my steaks. Oh, Mrs. Olson, he's always crabbing about my coffee. I could cry. Thing, I didn't come empty-handed. This'll help. Folgers coffee. Oh, I'm a washout at making
0: coffee.
1: Making coffee's no trick. You just need a coffee with better flavor, and Folgers is mountain-grown. Mountain-grown, really better. That's the richest coffee. Especially the way Folgers
0: blends it. Make some, okay? I hope but not notices. Honey, you surprise me. Your coffee's terrific. No more Mm complaints. You can make coffee for all my barbecues. (laughs) Try Folgers, the mountain-grown coffee. Mountain-grown for better flavor. Oh my goodness. So, have you ever wanted a Yelp, but for humans? (laughs) If the idea makes your skin crawl... Great news from the good people at People. Uh, that's P-E-E-P-L-E. Because as we said, apparently they're uh, put together by the same people who recommended the spelling for Tasty Cake. Uh-huh. Um, are saying, you know, the app will launch probably in late November. You will be able to assign reviews and one to five star ratings to everyone you know. Your exes, your co-workers, the old guy who lives next door. Oh my! You God. can't opt out. Once someone puts your name in the People system... It's there unless you violate the site's terms of service, making me immediately wonder, how do I violate Uh, the site's terms of service? Right. Uh, You can't uh, delete bad or biased reviews. That would defeat the whole purpose. And as I said, imagine every interaction you've ever had suddenly open to the scrutiny of the Internet public.
1: Oh, God. Okay, first (laughs) of all, um, first of all, I, I heard about this just earlier today, and my first thought was, it reminds me of a slam book. Um, for those of you mm-hmm. unfamiliar with what a slam book is, um, if you've seen the movie Mean Girls, it's a, a book that uh, junior high and high school girls often have put together. I remember having one myself where you put someone's name at the top and then you passed it around and people wrote things underneath it supposedly oh. anonymously.
0: Oh, and not uh, mean, I mean you couldn't understand anyone's handwriting. Right.
1: It, this, of course, never led to any fights. This never led to any like ending of lifelong friendships, nothing like that. And in Mean Girls, it even it, it turned into a complete debacle for the entire school. And now, the thing that, you know, people in the world say all the most, you know, stop the bullying, right? <laughs> stop the bullying. So We've yeah. had enough. Yeah. Now there's going to be a site, and I already know my name is going to be on it. Like, I'm forget it i I, my job now is just to figure out how to violate terms of service that's it because there is no way in hell my name doesn't end up on a list where people get to rate me and i
0: know it won't all be good as a matter of fact i'm fairly certain that some of it will be very bad well let me see if you're in the system here yet mickey it's already set up a kind of a, a prototype oh i see Interrupts co-host a lot. Uh, nice. Doesn't let him finish his points.
1: Anonymously. <laughs>
0: Anonymously, yeah. From Midge Gherdi. So there you go. So, nice. Uh, yeah. No. This. This. See, here, here's now. Here's the other great irony is that so they set up a Facebook site for their company launching the app, and they started deleting comments because they didn't like them, Mickey.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: now see. That is, I, I, that is
1: irony, right? Because, you know, after Alanis Morissette, I get all confused. The, the, um, the only
0: thing that was ironic about that song is that none of the examples technically constituted irony.
1: Yes. It, it, anyway, long story short, I have issues with the word irony since then. I blame her. But I believe that is the highest form of irony. We are going <laughs> to put out there an app where you cannot stop people from saying bad things about you and you can't do anything to block and or erase them and they don't even want comments on a Facebook page.
0: Well then the next question is it gonna be anonymous or is it gonna be this person said this? Because oh, anonymous they kn- just you like, know it's
1: gonna be anonymous.
0: Oh my god. Because that would seem like the most horrible Well,
1: who's gonna put their name on it? And even if it's not anonymous, people just make up names and put in
0: information. There you go. Yeah, Irving Lap. you know. Exactly. Oh my goodness. So just so basically people will walk around with something probably akin to their Facebook site, you know, like but it'll all be hate. It'll all be, you know. I mean, I suppose there are nice people
1: in the world who would write nice things, but knowing what we know about the internet, those people rarely actually write nice things. If there was a like button, mm-hmm. they might be okay with that. But they're not actually going to oh. go on there and say Jim Garrity is a really nice person and a great family man. He loves his kids,
0: and no, he
1: might. No, they're not. They're going to be Jim <laughs> Garrity, the Rhino Squish sellout. That's and he true. Sucks.
0: That's true. Yeah. No, actually, actually, in light of um, what we've witnessed in social media lately, yeah, in both both what I was talking about last segment and and. Uh, Things like that, yeah. This this seems like almost like it's designed to destroy social cohesion.
1: Well, and, and they, not to mention the fact, like you said, like exes and ex coworkers and things. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. Think about geez, like an ex boyfriend or an ex girlfriend getting on there and being like, "Well, let me tell you about Mickey and uh, what." And I'm I'm like I said, my number one goal at this point is to violate terms of service as quickly as possible.
0: Well, here if it doesn't, if if, let's assume the site doesn't crash, let's assume it doesn't get hacked, let's assume you know. um, Do you know what this might do? Actually, okay, you're right. This might be a blessing in disguise. You ready, Mickey? Oh, okay. What if this brought about the end of the era of social media?
1: But see, I like social media. I just don't like the the underbelly that pops up every once in a while.
0: I, if, if, in other words if social- I think that there's,
1: I think that there's a lot to be said for social media. Um, in fact, I'm working on a chapter about this right now um, where I'm discussing the fact that you've got a time and place where grandparents who may live you know in, in my case in Pennsylvania and their grandkids all over the country and they can see videos of them and they can talk to them live um, without leaving their home we have the opportunity for people to communicate with soldiers that are overseas face to face. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just a phone call anymore. You can actually see them and, um, and and it does make a difference. And I think that we're also seeing coalitions being formed. I've seen great things as far as support groups. I mean, there's always going to be psychopaths and they're always going to find a way into your life, (laughs) you know, one way or the other. So just know that the psychopaths that are online, they live amongst you too. You just don't know who they are.
0: Yeah, I, I just have this feeling that if this app takes off, the next one will be Stalker Helper, um, which will probably put down like. Oh, I've
1: always referred to Foursquare as that.
0: Okay, there you go. But like you know, because you're of,
1: literally telling everyone where you are at every yep. second of every day.
0: But like it really should be like cross-referenced with like take the white pages right, everybody's name, phone number. Home address, things like that, and cross that with like a searchable database of pictures, either the d m v or facebook and then if you're a stalker, you just go through go through you just find make it someone. easier for them, yeah, kind of one stop shopping like you know'cause like so you wouldn't have to personally know the person you're stalking. you could find new basically shop for new victims um isn't that what, what people do? I suppose,
1: but again, like... You really need to watch more of my television shows, but I'm telling uh, you, Web of Lies, when you watch what those people do, I mean, it it doesn't even make sense to someone who is a thinking person mm. or someone who lives in our reality, but for those who are of a criminal mind, it's just like anything else, you know, it's not social media that makes it bad. It's the people.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean it says to me something that the original purposes of things like Facebook were normal things like what are my friends cats doing uh where did they go on vacation have people from high school gained weight um, <laughs> yeah you know how are things in farmville right. i don't mean cam you know i yes. mean um, how many of my friends disagree about politics and how nasty can they get with each other you yes. know See, and
1: and what's interesting is i've laid off of facebook quite a bit just because it It got like people were getting into really heated debates, and I didn't feel like it was the right place for it and then I went to Twitter and i I liked it, and now you know there's a lot of bickering that takes place there, but the beauty of Twitter is the mute button
0: it it I can see the advantage of that now, here's the thing. now without Facebook, how do you know whose birthday it is i I don't there, there, okay there you go I, um, I, it,
1: my phone tells me every
0: day whose birthday it is because I am the
1: worst at remembering birthdays.
0: That I could say. I, I was kind of going through it because you know, earlier this week Facebook was out. And um, you know me uh, being – I felt giphy at that time. So there's obviously lots of good gifs of riot footage. And I think, <laughs> showed people yes, saying, you are such you know, a where fan-booker. am I supposed to put my
1: tasteless selfie? You know. Yes, where will I put it? I'm trying to put more tasteless selfies up on Instagram. I'm trying to like use that. And I've been using Periscope too, which I like. Um, I'm getting the hang of it. I did um, eventually – just so you know uh, – I, I bought myself a selfie stick. Unfortunately, oh, um, I haven't figured
0: out how to use it yet. So there you go. <laughs> good, good. I, if there, if you hopefully got a defective selfie stick, and uh, actually, what you do is you you take the selfie stick and you poke someone and you say, "Hey, could you take a picture for me?"
1: Yes, very good. Yes, could you just take a picture of me? Because as you know, I have such a large head and such short
0: arms that I mean, selfies are not exactly what I consider um, attractive. Uh, on those occasions where you see someone and they're taking a picture and sometimes it'll be like a very attractive woman and they're taking the picture of themselves in the bathroom and I'm sitting here and thinking like there must be someone who would happily take a picture of an attractive woman.
1: Yeah, you would think, right? Versus like having the bathroom stall in the background. Yeah, like you know. Because <laughs> I mean see, nothing yeah. says sexy like bathroom stalls in the public area.
0: Yeah, it, and so you know.
1: I mean, most people don't even like to use them, let alone the imaginary sex that you're supposed to be thinking about there.
0: Yeah. yeah. See. See. Yeah. I can ruin See, anything. A- <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so like uh, the other thing also is, I'm hoping that the very first people who will be on this people, we need a way to pronounce it different from people, you know, regular people. People, people, as in Soylent Green. Um, we, we, I thought, oh, the first people on People are the founders <laughs> of the company. Yeah, and no I like to
1: say mean things
0: about <laughs> I, I Type on. They have created an app designed to make people hate each other. They are trying to destroy civilization. They must be stopped. Something like that. Something well, like that.
1: In, 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 in vain with that, in line with that vein, actually, um, in the next segment, we're going to talk about something that, according to my co-host, I'm fairly certain will cause the same result. Um, destruction, end of times, mayhem. It's the worst
0: since Yelp for people.
1: <laughs> it's the worst since Yelp for people. There you go. The changes being made to Castle because of the new showrunner has caused Jim to have a little melty time. So coming up in the uh, in the next segment, we're going to talk about Castle and some of the other shows that have come back and how they end up getting ruined sometimes um, just by ignoring what the fans want. I'm Mickey White. He's Jim Garrity, and this is the Jim and Mickey Show live on AltCon Radio.
0: Hey, folks! If you're looking for a bold, fresh view on the news, catch these conservative moms as they discuss current events and have a little wine with your wine. Listen to the Red Wine Show with Jody and Don every Wednesday night right here on Altcon Radio. The alternative source for news, talk, sports, and music for today's unconventional conservatives. wine can
1: get so I'm back to the Jim and Mickey Show live on AltCon Radio, a very special edition. Thanks to everybody who has uh, taken the opportunity to listen to us live. Um, I know that you guys are usually listening to us via podcast, and that will be available as well. But uh, thanks to everybody in the chat room and everyone sending us messages. Really appreciate you tuning in live to join us this evening. And one of the things that I know that you have been waiting for <laughs> Um, in fact, as, I, as one of our very close friends of the show, Kevin, um, has suggested that maybe we need a segment and we need to add it called Jim's Two Minutes of Hate.
0: <laughs> that and, Emmanuel Goldstein, let me tell you.
1: Let me tell you. Um, but uh, it seems that one of my favorite shows, Castle, and one of Jim's favorite shows, one of the few that we share has done something egregious, something that has has caused him the amount of pain that has led to a rant that, I, I well, Jim, just, what you do you have to it, say?
0: Build it up a little bit more, Mickey. Um, all right, so here's, so Castle on ABC, uh, ABC, yeah. ABC, ABC, as Johnny Carson would say, um, ABC features Nathan Fillion and Stana Katic. We talked about it last week. We ordinarily would not talk about one TV show two weeks in a row. Having said that, the show that is built upon this, you know, kind of romantic comedy moonlighting style of, you know, mystery novelist helping the NYPD detective falls in love with her. There's sparks. Will they or won't they or something? Well, after involving the world's most convoluted and complicated conspiracy uh, that involved in the killing of Beckett's mother back when she uh, she was a young girl, the conspiracy comes back. At this point, Oliver Stone has lost track of who's conspiring with who. It's <laughs> deep within the CIA. They can arrange. They, they can kill off Justice Department officials willy nilly. They have access to endless teams of mercenaries that run around New York City with heavy weapons, and nobody stops them. I got that's the part Cam would scream is most unreasonable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you, know, you know, nobody can carry guns in New York City, but these guys are running around like like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, They have another bout with it. Lo and behold, there's one more conspirator who, you know, and Beckett is given it. Beckett is told, look, if you continue looking for this person, this this branch of the conspiracy, it'll threaten all your loved ones you know. So she's given a choice. You know, she can continue chasing this or she can go back to her happy married life with the successful novelist and, and you know, uh, uh, I guess effectively stepdaughter and, and happy life, and she chooses to go after revenge. And she effectively, by the end of the episode, she's leaving her husband. We don't know if it's a separation or a divorce, but, but Casket, as the fans call it, Castle and Beckett, is, is over at least for now. Um, and I just suddenly realized, like, oh, it's a, it, besides being a contrived way of creating new drama within the show, it really makes her a horrible person. And like all of a sudden, oh! For eight seasons, you know, we've been watching somebody who would throw away their marriage over a chance at one more person revenge. Keep in mind, she's gotten to kill the person who killed her mother, the person who ordered the person to kill her mother, the person who ordered the person who ordered the person to kill her mother, and like fourteen other people in the conspiracy, right? And I agree,
1: it. and, and I, I just want to step okay. in on your rant for one second right, no, to no, say ahead.
0: that this could be the worst
1: story arc in the history of story arcs. All right, okay. you um, Disagree with me? I absolutely hate it. Um, as far as the the, the Beckett's mom storyline, okay, it, yes. I felt I felt like they drug that. I was like, it reminded me of the bones and the crazy psycho guy that they carried yes. on too long. You know, um, okay. that was very irritating, but. Totally from a realist perspective. This t- show is going into season 8 Mm-hmm. And one of the things that gives the show chemistry was the teasing back and forth between Beckett and Castle. Now that they are, quote, separated, they will be working together again. And if, if promos are any indication, it looks like he's going to attempt to, quote, woo her back.
0: Yeah. And I had so a with maybe that too, they but... were
1: going with that. My problem with it is that I don't like it, and I've said this before on the show. I don't like it when procedurals stop doing what makes them successful and instead start Mm. focusing on these crazy like subplots and sidelines on characters that, like, I like the character, but I only like the character when they're doing what I like. What the character does,
0: correct? Don't want it to do other things. Well, and I think ultimately the problem here is that this particular twist. Required one character to do something that I, I would contend is, is like look she she's breaking Castle's heart right I mean that you know they to their credit both actors sold that scene
1: yes where
0: his world is falling down upon him because he never thought this was going to happen that she would choose going after one more plot of revenge over staying married to him well like, and of course choice. you
1: know the killer line here and spoiler alert if you have not seen it yet but the killer line here obviously is when he said you know. The, whatever that guy's name is that killed her mom or whatever. Oh, yeah. The implausible said, evil wasp senator from New York yeah, City. Yeah, exactly yes. that dude. He that When he said that she would never be happy just being his wife, and it was one of those moments where, again, you know this is, you know, obviously suspension of disbelief, all those things, and he brings that up later, but it was one of those moments where I'm like, please don't turn this into some type of societal
0: message. Because I'm gonna. Oh, the idea mom. that Ca- yeah, no, but here's the thing: Castle was there was never indication that he wanted her to be this you know stay at home wife, right? Exactly. He was proud of her being the successful detective turned captain in in the NYPD. Like,
1: yeah, like no one was more proud of her than he was.
0: Yeah, and if they had built up any level of tension between the two, right there, there would be some. You're like, oh, okay, but what it really is is you know, basically a, a choice was put for her of Do you want to stay married, or do you want to get one more person who was involved in the conspiracy that ended up killing your mother? And she goes, I want revenge. And she literally walks out the door with a suitcase. And like, so when he says, the promo says, Well, I'm gonna win my wife back. No, Richard Castle. You just got dumped on, right? I mean, you really just got treated like dirt. You and you are
1: obviously very upset for Castle.
0: I am, but also coupled with the fact that No, maybe, oh, I know
1: no. how strongly you feel about Nathan Fillion and, and yeah. I know how strongly you feel
0: about Richard Castle. No, but so the second so thing says, is we there? have
1: a moment here where we talk about your feelings <sighs> about them breaking up.
0: Um, I think the bigger issue is that it's just bad writing. And it was once a good show. It's it's bad writing and bad characterization that kind of make like not only does it make the character do something that strikes me as implausible and there's never been any indication she would like like the character's core value was love for Castle, right? Yeah. Like she was very dedicated to her job, but you know, she came, you know, she was wooed, she fell in love. Uh he disappeared for months and she was looking for him like that they, they, was weird they too. Everything together,
1: right? That was yeah. weird too. So, I, you know, I don't like, they've got, again, I think when you've had a show on the air for a while, mm-hmm. yeah, um, you end up having like, maybe you have some good seasons and bad seasons. I know with Criminal Minds, which is one of my absolute favorite shows, there were some seasons there in the middle that I was like, God, I don't know if I can keep watching this because there was a point where they gave um, Dr. Spencer Reed a heroin addiction.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it was just so, again, contrived and unnecessary and a sideline and I didn't care. I did not care about his heroin addiction. All I wanted him to do was use that big old brain that they've written for him to solve murders.
0: Mm -hmm. That's it. Um, I guess that's it, where it's, it's one of those things where when you make a character do something that you think is making them more complicated or darker or you know, grittier or something like that. But what it does is that it, it's in, – in, particularly in this case, it's so out of character with everything we've seen before. It changes – like it's hard to look at, all, at the character before because this is still a person who's willing to walk out on her husband over a chance at revenge. And I see other, that this is a the, yeah. the
1: walking out of the husband over the chance of revenge was interesting because she was warned repeatedly.
0: Yeah, but here's the flip, and side. and still chose to do it. So, okay, here's where they run do into. Do you the, not they, like Kate now? Somewhat, but here's the other thing, which makes it totally nonsensical. And they run into the the the, the contraptions, the tropes of the show. Well, if she continues investigating, they could end up killing Castle. Now, the previous episode, he had just gotten captured and tortured, and put spiders on his face.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's been shot.
0: Was. He's been stabbed. He gets kidnapped at least once an episode, once a, once a season, probably two or three. Yes. he gets beaten up. He gets pulled at gunpoint. Like he's always in danger.
1: He's Richard I hate Castle, that, right? by the way. That is like my least favorite trope of all time is when they're kidnapped or somebody whatever. I hate that.
0: Trapped in elevators, trapped in freezers, stuck at you know. So they the really have been. Go- this threat is dangerous, right? This, this, oh, well, well, I, I better leave him. <laughs> you know, staying with him is going to make him date. You know, like, well,
1: and why does she think that just by leaving him doesn't mean that he's still going to be in danger if point. she's still yeah, well, hunting them down? Like yeah. they still—it's not like they're going to be like, oh, well, she doesn't care about them anymore. So
0: uh, let's kill him. Well, yeah. Wait, I, well, actually, I just checked with—I the, I hear they're separated. Ooh. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh. All right. Well, let's not kill him then.
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, now's not the
0: time, you know. sensitive hitmen of the conspiracy. Right.
1: Like, again, these people don't, theoretically don't care at all. And um, one of the nice things I will say about Criminal Minds is they were able to straighten it out and and are back to being one of my favorite shows. Now, um, I'm also really interested in the new show, Rosewood, and it's not just because um, Morris Chestnut runs around half naked. Okay. um, Although I will tell you that that does not hurt the ratings that I give it. (laughs) <laughs> um I thoroughly enjoyed the little story. It's kind of quirky, kind of fun. Um again, I'm all of my favorite fun crime solving duos turned into somewhere along the line like serious, gritty crime dramas wannabe forty eight hours type things. And I'm like, no.
0: Um I was gonna say, is it uh it's your taste for serial killers?
1: Yes. Right? I, I mean so. I,
0: I, you know, you got to look far and wide to find a show that uh, you don't, uh, you doesn't feature a serial killer on your list of favorites. Am I wrong?
1: You you might be correct about that. Okay. I can either confirm or deny that I have a thing about watching <laughs> movies and and mm. true life stories about serial killers.
0: Okay. Well, next to uh, the most horror of serial killers, we'll take on the horror of uh, uh, the Daily Show. Right after this. You're listening to the alternative source of news, talk, and music for today's unconventional conservatives. This is Ultcon Radio.
1: Welcome back. I'm Mickey White, along with Jim Garrity, and you are listening to the Jim and Mickey Show live on AltCon Radio. And um, we were just getting into some of the uh, news of the week, if you will, and some of the biggest news of the week is about fake news. And, <laughs> and 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 the truth of the matter is, it's been bigger and gotten more headlines than some of the real news. And that, of course, is the Passing of the torch from the beloved Jon Stewart to the new guy, Trevor Noah. And that happened on Monday night. And the entire world watched because Comedy Central made sure of it. They actually had it simulcast on several different stations just to make sure people caught it. <laughs> um, I was one of those. And I'm you know I'm going to say up front, I am a Trevor Noah fan um, as, his, as a comedian. He's a really funny guy. Um, Unfortunately, I'm not sure they fired all the Daily Show writers when Jon Stewart quit.
0: You know, Mickey, one thing I kind of had noticed, because I've not watched any of Trevor Noah's uh, appearances yet, um, but Jon Stewart's, you know, final week got Pope visit level coverage from the U.S. press, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. um, Noah's debut struck me like until you mentioned it to me for for prepping for this show, I hadn't I'd forgotten he'd taken over, um, and I was kind of surprised because the reputation he had as a controversial guy. And I was like, wait a minute, how do you go for? I understand he had Chris Christie on, and you know every time any you know John Stewart said anything about anybody right of center, the you know salon and you know John Stewart demolishes you if know he rights. destroys he dismantles you know. Um, and I didn't hear about that. And so I figured that, you know, I don't think that's Noah going to past- be
1: Trevor Noah's style. I could okay. be wrong, um, but he's actually funny. So right. he doesn't see himself as a newsman as Jon Stewart has come to, like over the 12 years or whatever. Um, he, he may have started out being funny. In fact, his first several shows were bombs as well because everyone missed Craig Kilborn. Mm. Um, but then, you know, once he got into kind of his niche, and found his audience then he worked with it and I think Trevor Noah's gonna have to do the same thing because he's not gonna be the guy who just taps on the table and makes funny eyebrow faces like he's actually funny so he's got funny comments to say and I'm not sure how the I, it'll be interesting to see you know if things change after the first couple episodes but I will say this um he definitely you know has made fun of Republicans but I I've, I've already seen him making fun of Democrats equally and and you know the truth of the matter is I don't mind so much if people are making fun of people on the right if the jokes are funny. Good point. It's the problem is when they just become lame insults.
0: Yeah, joke applause, you know. Yeah,
1: like joke applause. Yes, exactly. Um and it, it's it's just, you know they know it's coming and and so they it's you know it, it it's just throwing out the line that they know is going to get the laugh or they know is going to get the applause and and again, I liked him as a stand-up, so I'm hoping that we see more of that. One of, he did a great interview with Kevin Hart the other night, and it, that was his first guest. And my thought was he should have on more comedians and drop this whole political crap um,
0: say, because he, that he, was he, very
1: much – go ahead. I was
0: when he announced – it was announced he was going to be the, show, the, the new host, uh, he had gotten in trouble for some tweets and from jokes in the past. Has he done anything in the past uh, uh, three nights, Mickey, to might even say, ooh, the social justice warriors are going to be on his case about that one?
1: Um, I I think that, you know, there are people that would be offended by what he has done and said on the show already. Okay. And I say this based on the fact that I believe that some people just wake up offended in the morning. Yeah,
0: it's, it's not the highest bar to clear. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know?
1: Right. And so like, but no, I haven't heard anything that would necessarily make people go crazy. But again, it all depends on the people who are listening and if they hear what he's saying or if they hear what they want to hear. I, you know, again, I think that one of the problems that Stuart ran into is that he took himself too seriously at the end. I mean, you can see that now. He's like trying to be a politician and ambassador and whatever. And it's like, dude, do you not remember you were in Half-Baked?
0: I'm sorry what
1: he was in a movie called Half Baked and okay. he was a stoner customer Um, and one of his famous things is basically suggesting that like no matter what you do it's better if you're high oh. and uh, he's like man have you ever watched this movie and the guy's like yeah and he's like have you ever watched it high 'Cause that makes it so much better. And again, it makes me it makes it very hard for me to take him seriously and, and I never did. It shocked me that the generation who missed him being um, oh, what was the other one? Was it like Sailor Boy or something stupid like that? Um, and these ridiculous films when he was trying to be an actor and he failed epically, gets in the slot in the Daily Show, gets his routine down and literally becomes a mouthpiece of just, you know, his own version of social justice warrior against anyone who crossed his path. I hope that Trevor doesn't go down that path because I'd like it to be, you know, a fun show to watch.
0: Yeah. He, there was a tweet earlier in the week, uh, they'd asked him, you know, how are you going to be different from Jon Stewart? And he said, well, I don't think I'm going to be making fun of, um, Fox news so much. I'm going to make fun of more people like, uh, Mike Huckabee and, and um, Pam, uh, Pamela Davis or Pam David, the, uh, oh, you know, Kim, Davis. Talk- Kim Davis, I'm sorry. Yes. And I, I, I think it was Byron York who said, oh, that's going to be edgy. Right. <laughs>
1: you know? Well, th- yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing is like, you know, at some point that loses its edge. So I'm hoping that that's not really what, and mm-hmm. honestly, at this point, it, 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 his opening political bit was on the resignation of speaker Boehner and um, and it was actually quite funny. And what was really funny was the correspondent who started freaking out, because um, the understanding being, of course, that Boehner wasn't conservative enough for <laughs> for people, and, and and so they were just, you know, that basically the hell of Earth was opening up, et cetera. And um, and it was funny. And and again, I. I don't have a mind—I don't have any problem, actually, with political humor if it's actually funny. But unfortunately, a lot of times it just turns into ugly. And, you know, we've talked about this on the show before. I think that it seeps into the way that people talk to each other. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we, we joke about snark or whatever, but it's really a snide remark. Um, and snide is never considered something necessarily a positive funny joke, right? Um, so you know, I don't know. There's a set tone, and I think The Daily Show set a certain tone that was not necessarily positive. So I'm hoping yeah. that that can get turned around um, because you know, I mean, it's
0: yeah. You know, say when Colbert ap- appeared, and everyone right. thought, "Oh my goodness, you know, what's it going to be like to have a spinoff? Is he going to be as funny as he was when he was a correspondent on the show?" And it took Stephen Colbert a while to kind of find his own niche and style and all that. And it wasn't the same as Jon Stewart's. And I kind of would like to, you know, as much as I'm not I don't feel particularly emotionally invested in, in Noah, give him time to develop his own thing. And don't expect him to be Jon Stewart. And and kind of like, you know, anytime. Somebody takes over the weekend update desk, somebody takes over at the night show, any type of uh mm-hmm. iconic figure. I mean, I was gonna put it in the forms of like changing popes, but people told me that happens with, with more frequency now. Yeah. So to put it in terms, you would understand, Mickey, it's like when the Steelers change coaches. <laughs> Only half a few times in your life. And you can't expect uh Cower to be like Noel, you know, and uh and, and, stuff and like those that.
1: first couple of years are hard.
0: Yeah, you know, and like you know, so here's the question: So, am I correct that every how? So, the past three still have only had three in the last twenty some, thirty some years.
1: I'm sorry, three coaches. Yeah. Yes, actually, we only had two. Well, th- three in the last thirty some years, but there's only been two coach changes since I've been born.
0: Okay. So, and they've all won Super Bowls, right? Yes. All right. So that's a really good record that kind of makes you say, OK, you know, maybe it's worth letting the guy work through the bumps in the road instead of saying the, you know, let's say Daniel Snyder approach. Which, um, <laughs> your coach is kind of like the drummer in Spinal Tap. and uh,
1: Well, you know. yeah. Well, no. And I think it's really important, too, that you recognize that it's all about consistency. And, you know, you can't – one of the – specifically, obviously, in football, but in life in general, you, you can't expect to do something one day and have it change the next. You mm-hmm. have to do it day after day after day after day. Like, you know, I went to the gym and I worked out for two and a half hours. And the next day I was sore and hateful and didn't lose a pound. And that's why people don't go to the gym the next day. Yeah. You know, right?
0: Yeah. Was We're saying, the instant the- gratification society. Comedy Central has a chance to kind of push back against the uh, the the kind of cultural ADD uh, that we're seeing here and to say no no we're, we like Tim Noah. We're going to give him time to get, you know, to work it out. Uh, well, call him Trevor. Bill. Those of us who are friends. Trevor Tim Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Samara slates Tim Noah is like, "When did I take over this show?" So, yeah. nice. Well, the guy with the arc, you know, Noah.
1: There uh, you go. Which we're going to need apparently
0: this weekend. You we are Um, so, uh, I'm glad we took all those calls, right, Mickey?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but again, you know, we get to talk. Thursday night.
0: Everybody's getting ready for football.
1: Well, there's that. And I thank the people that, you know, may have tried to call in, um, and had technical issues. I also want to thank everyone who was listening live and those who were in the chat room. Um, we really do appreciate it. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Anytime we have the opportunity to do something live, we love to take it. Uh, next week we will be back. With um, Big Dave P behind the board, but special thanks to Hammy, Steve Hamilton um, at E2Pilot on Twitter for getting us on Altcon Radio live tonight. And uh, you will find us back on our podcast, and you can always find us at soundcloud.com forward slash Jim and Mickey. And you can send all your emails to the Jim and Mickey Show at gmail.com. I'm Mickey White, he's Jim Garrity, and you've been listening to The Jim and Mickey Show live on Altcon Radio.
0: Those crazy nights, I do remember in my youth.
1: I do recall those were the
0: best times.